You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome back to the Anthony Gordon Show. So as most of you know by now, in my journey called life, uh, I have been around and represented in different capacities, you know, a number of prominent folks in the sports world, in the entertainment world. And here's what's incredibly refreshing about Gabby Reese, our very special guest, who I guess we've got a lot of boxes to check off here. I'm certainly leading a volleyball player, you know, fashion model, television celebrity. Um, but here, Gabby, is what came across in the two minutes that we were speaking before we went live, is authentic, sincere, genuine, and it's such a breath of fresh air in this crazy world where people place a form over substance. So, Gabby, firstly, welcome to the Anthony Gordon Show. Thank you for having me. So yeah, I, knowing the listeners uh, by now, that I got a sense of how I think you know we should try and and um, and move forward. Can you give us a context of, I guess your your beginning, how the how the journey started, mm-hmm. um, and I guess where you started sort of getting some sort of prominence, you know, in in in, uh, in the sports world and on national and then international level. Yeah, I'll I'll try to give you the short hand of it just gives you maybe sure. context of my some of my perspective um you know i when i was very young uh at two years old my parents were not together any longer and my mother was training dolphins in mexico city and i caught whooping cough mm-hmm. and childhood friends a couple you know neighborhood friends you know how they hang out <laughs> um actually took me in 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 long island new york so from age two to seven i lived with my aunt and uncle joe even though we're wow. not of blood relation we're of heart relation. And, um, you know, they were like straight up Long Islanders. My uncle Joe worked for the sanitation department. My Andrew was a five foot is a five foot woman. Like it was a really funny, I was five feet at seven years old, you know, it was like a really funny thing, but anyway, um, and during that time, my father actually uh, died in a plane crash when I was five. And then my mom got remarried, um, to my stepfather who was from Puerto Rico. And so um, I think she was, you know, listen, I'm a parent and I realize my mother did the very best she could. And she was young when she had me. And, and so when she, I think she was maybe a little more feeling ready. I then moved back in with her and my stepfather and my stepfather was lovely. And uh, in fact, my parents, they, they haven't been together since I was 12. So that's like 1982, oh, wow. but I, I still have a relationship with him. So that's yeah. how, how nice he was. But um, I was growing up in the Virgin Islands, the Caribbean at that point. And um, my biological father and my whole side, the Reese side of my family is actually, they're West Indian. They're from Trinidad. Wow. So I, there was something, 
really important for me that I didn't understand then about growing up in a culture similar to my father's to at least maybe be able to relate to my family and have a sense of, of him as a, as a spirit and such. And so, um, and also probably for my development and to fast forward that I'm married to somebody from an Island. So I think that Mm -hmm. that all takes, you know, is in part of the play of the, the story. And so I was a very tall kid. I was six feet at 12 and, Wow, and pretty rebellious because I had some hurt feelings about some things, and I would imagine, um, sure. yeah. And so, um, anyway, I was moved out of the Caribbean in my junior year, my eleventh grade year. I was fifteen. I was six foot three. Wow. And I, I would say I lived an active lifestyle, but I was actually probably a little more rebellious than I was kind of hyper disciplined. Looking back, I can see that I have natural traits and I have three daughters and you see what your kids are kind of naturally born with. And sure. um, I had some real natural traits of uh, organization and cleanliness and and even self-protection. I don't know. I was a little bit reckless, but I was never really, like, really reckless. Not right. really, you know. Yeah. And so I was moved to St. Petersburg, Florida. And I because of my height, I walked into a very small Christian school and they were like, they were like awesome. You're playing basketball and volleyball. And I'd only dabbled in volleyball at so what that just, point. What, what age were you roughly? So 15. Okay. 15. And so I was really pissed that we moved to St. Petersburg, Florida. I had a boyfriend and I was from St. Thomas. And, <laughs> um, it ended up being really pivotal and a, such an important uh, moment for me because I had um, people in my life there. Um, and, you know, sports, also the template of sports, the coaches, that literally within like six months, I, I, and at that age, it happens, right. I became a very different person because there was just the opportunity. Yeah. Get it. To express this, the maybe more of my essence in a different way. And so I ended up getting a a college scholarship, which was really a very big surprise for me. Um, I remember calling friends back in St. Thomas and they were like, I don't understand. What are you going to college for on a scholarship? (laughs) And I was like, I know. And again, another pivotal time. And and I want to preface all of this by saying like my aunt and uncle Joe and other people in the Caribbean, I always had really uh, great supporting adults around even sure. if it wasn't the ones that were supposedly supposed to be the ones. Right. So I, you know, it's in a way it's like being able to recognize along, maybe after the fact in hindsight, like there were some really uh, stand up people for uh, champions for me all along the way. And um, so then I went to college and my coach from college, who's still my dear friend, Dr. Cecil Renaud, you know, kicked my ass and gave me life lessons. But then I was faced with this um, opportunity to start modeling when I was 18 after my first freshman year of, sc- of school. Let me, and- let me press pause for one second because oh, this is what I do, Kevin, is I always think someone's driving down the 405 freeway, they're listening to this podcast. Here's what they probably uh, want me to ask. Okay. As, <laughs> and I don't mean to be rude, I apologize. Oh, no. Okay, so as a, uh, a young woman growing up who clearly stood out purely by virtue of your height. Right. Okay, so these people out there that during their formative years are stand out for other reasons, right? They might, what did that do for you? Was that a, you made yourself conscious, you were, you were different. And I'm telling you, there are a lot of our listeners, I know, I just, I know there's a thing of two people, uh, one woman who, yeah, she's, she's uh, exceptional in other areas and I know it's impacted her life. So I'm, I'm interested in how that imp- how it affected you. You know, 
You know, the thing is, my mother's actually quite tall. She was probably, she was at her highest, probably like six, two and a half. So I never was uncomfortable with it. What got hard was also people thought I was much older than I was. So that kind of being sexualized early is, you know, because it's not anyone's fault, but they're throwing energy your way. And when you're 13 or 12, it's like, whoa. Um, But I, but you understand it. Um, Sure. I'll, I'll be honest. I was in certain ways. I faked it. You couldn't tell, but inside I was just trying to, not be small, but just slide through and slide along and never stand out. Um, Standing out has actually never felt particularly comfortable for me. Um, I I know how to do it. I know how to, you know, if I have to go and do that part of my job and, and I'm, and I'm not self-conscious, but I feel like I'm such a, um, I'm a, like a people person in that way that I, you know, that notion of humility, no Mm -hmm. better than no less than. Yep. 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 I, I feel like I, I just sort of that made always made sense to me. Yeah. So if people go like, Oh, and give you this extra attention, I'm like, okay, that's weird to me. Yeah. I got it. Okay. So I understand it and I have a public job, so I understood it, but then, you know, and especially, you know, you're, you're going through puberty and you're already really awkward. Am I a girl? Am I a woman? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That was always a little weird. Um, but overall, I wasn't too tormented by that. I really was looking for security and stability. I think that took a higher archy over my self-consciousness. Do you see the way you mothering your kids as a, either a reaction or sometimes an overcompensation to the way you were mothered? Because it sounds like you had, during your formative years, some heavy stuff to deal with. You know, that's a really interesting question because I don't know it's even possible to have a real answer, right? Because you're not sure how much is like how you would want to strategize being a parent and how much is the compensation. I will say this. I am tortured in a very, you know, daily but subtle way. Like, I'm meaning like I talk to my husband about it. I'm not like, oh, I just by the insecurity because you you feel like it's so important you know it's important but you're not really confident that you can do it right and i sometimes have this uh dream maybe or delusion that people who had someone as a good parent parental model sort of feel more secure about it like for example I'm, I can be a very tough person. I mm-hmm. have that side, my athlete, whatever. Yeah, I can imagine. However, as yeah, I can be, I have a business side. Like I can yep. be very direct and whatever. However, with my kids, I think because I didn't have enough of a model of intense discipline with intense love to know what that looked like. Yeah, yeah. I'm always head, I'm always hedging, you know, like, and I'm also fighting my internal meanness right? Like, it's just easier for me to be like, this is how it is. So with my kids, it's like, I'm always hedging. Like, is that, was I too mean? Was I not mean enough? Did I, do I, do they know how much I love them? You might appreciate this. There's something, there's a concept, interesting enough, there's a concept in the Talmud, which says, apropos of parenting, that you should pull with your right and push with mm-hmm. your left. Meaning the predominant mm-hmm. feeling of your kids have to feel loved. Yes. And the, the discipline part as long as they know that you're disciplining from love and never, yes. I mean, it's easier said than done, but never out of anger or because yeah. you're trying to use your kids as for vicariously overcompensate for what you, you know, what you didn't have. 
I actually, Anthony, I, I tell you, so I've been a parent for 25 years now and my youngest is now 13 uh, of the three, but I went through some stuff with one of my daughters that was, was pretty heavy. She went, she had some heavy things happen to her. Mm-hmm. And during that process of really trying to learn how to get some new tools to be a sure. better parent, I also really learned something that was so fundamental, but a real great reminder of the level of surrender also in parenting. Mm-hmm. So to your point, I love my kids. I've never lived vicariously through them because I've had my own thing. I can mm-hmm. stick, stick my teeth into for myself. Sure. Sure. And in fact, I think I'm actually almost relaxed that way yeah, because yeah. of my journey. Like yeah. I found it, it, it found me no matter what. And it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, if you're going to do something or whatever it is, you probably are. Yeah. You know, parents think like, oh, I can just push kids into stuff. It's like, my job is to make my kids figure out how to discover their lives. Not, I'm their parent. I'm not their coach, right? That's a different thing. But it is the surrendering so that believing if I can be a good model, if my husband can be a good model and make them feel loved, that it's got anyway. I, I mean, I see it and I'm involved in, you know, part of what I do is kids it's not about what you say, it's what you do. Right. And they'll clone that. And it's it's just at a distance that speaks volumes. So you know? that, so I think I was maybe um, four, 15, 16 years into parenting till I really got a strong dose of that. And even thinking like, well, if I do all these things, we can avoid all those things. That yeah. doesn't happen. No. Um, you know, what I'm, I'm also interested because I'm looking out of, the, out of my peripheral vision, um, at some, some interesting quotes that you've said. I think that a lot of men would, and tell me if, you, if my intuition's on or, or not in this one, would be, could potentially be intimidated by a woman who's physically taller, who's achieved um, accolades in various areas. It's a, it's a, I would say in the business world uh, that either guys are going to try and overly testosterone and go, <laughs> who does this woman? Or, um, it must be quite an interesting dance for you. I'll be honest in business. It makes it way easier. Just really? in a, in some primal thing of walking yeah. in and you're six foot three. Yeah, and yeah. also I've been around strong people, mm-hmm. women and men, my whole adult life. So just being able to be kind and loving, but direct in communication yeah. and, and being surrounded by people like that um, and learning even physical things of like, if someone's acting really weird, you actually move closer. Um, it's so funny. You know, That's- it's like, you know, it's like, I don't want to say dominance, but it's like, oh, I'm going to move into your space now because you're being really weird. Like just, it's yeah. okay. You know, um, and just sort of taking charge of the space a little bit, still in love, but you've got to take charge of it. Um, and then with other women, um, because in some ways they're not feeling competitive with you because it's so weird yeah. Um, and I've also been around dominant Think about all the other athletes I was around. I so I know how to sure. be, you know, how to be around alphas. Like you just yes. know how to go, Hey, I honor you. I celebrate you. You're a badass, And I have space too. like, you learn all that and it makes yeah. it so much easier. So it's funny. I'm the reason why I'm smiling is when I was like, do my formative years as, as, as a kid, um, grew up with very modest financially. So my mom picked up in, in me, um, that was very comfortable in public and she had, I was trained by like the best people in public speaking. So this is Gabby on point. One of the top people in public speak, like Ted talk on steroids said, if there's a heckler or some 
you know, smart ass. How did walk straight up to them, get into their, sp- and it's amazing that the way most bullies are, are, are wired, that they shut down from a distance that, you know, I'm going to try this on for size because I, I, I think that the success, whatever success I've achieved in dealing with a lot of, is because I think I've got a, a heightened EQ intuition. The, your sincerity comes across, your authenticity comes across, and I think, I mean, I can only speak for myself because I don't know you, but I think it's also because you've been through pain. And people who've been through pain and curveballs, firstly, find BS repugnance because you see straight through that. And we both have been around, I don't know how to ask, the, the cliche, we've both been around the rich and famous and we all know the difference between toys and genuine. So I think that, um, so I look at a person like you, you to be, a, I think you could be a terrific role model for, um, you know, I speak to a lot of young athletes and, and people that are, and they, 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 they're not comfortable in their own skin. They're trying to clone someone and it catches up with them. Mm. I know adult athletes that, there's a lot of mimicking um, that go on, that goes on. And people have asked me a lot of times, cause I've had, you know, of, uh, the length of my career and, and kind of the different chapters, like you mentioned, and people say, well, how did you strategize? And I said, well, fear was, was a great, you know, keeps right. me, keeps you alert. Right. Um, you, you hope to come from another place as you get a little older, but the other thing is like, who am I? And keep asking yourself, who am I? Who am I today? Who do I, who, what would I, what could I be turned on in doing? And mm-hmm. then you're never mimicking somebody. And then your life, this is the weirdest person to quote. Well, two things, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I heard him say that success was when your external life reflected who you were internally. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's really smart. Like who you're surrounded with, what you wake up and spend time doing. These things. So the only way we can know that I think is, is to keep asking, well, who am I today? And who, mm-hmm. who am I hoping to grow into and, and, and who to be? And what can I believe in? What could I stand up for? Mm-hmm. Um, and all of those questions. And, um, and I think that's been helpful, but I will say in some weird way, just being in a, in a, I met my husband when I was 25, being in a, in a, good relationship, a healthy and loving relationship, Mm -hmm. but all, um, and then, and sort of being successful enough, whatever that means. Yep. I think that what I was interested in was discipline, challenge, work, real relationships. And beyond that, it was like, I, I wasn't like, if you said, Hey, being famous, I'm like, yeah, I don't know that that was ever the the goal. Like the pursuit of excellence was is cool and you right. want to be famous enough so you have choices. Mm-hmm. But I think doing the work yeah. was cool. So I, I, this is amazing. I was invited to be a keynote speaker a few weeks ago at a Zenith Mastermind retreat. The whole theme, Gabby, was the, was people whose self-worth is synonymous with their net worth at some point, they'll ascend up the ladder. And it, so I read a little bit about you. Clearly, you're a very dedicated wife, mother, friend, th- balance in your life. So that the, the you know, where the word, you said the word success or fame, when it's built on A, trying to placate other people, how many people are following me, how many people give me the little thumbs up. I've got to believe that it's a very hollow victory if, uh, you know, if, if that's our definition of success. 
Well, also, Anthony, if you really are just being practical about things, it's it, it's not sustainable. Yeah, for sure. So at some point you can be, you know, I've even seen this. So my husband, Laird, is a is a really very talented at what he does. Like, you know, you're talking about a 1% of the 1%, right? And, and when you say what he, I know that he was a huge surfer, right? And yeah, he still, listen, he's, he still surfs every chance there's waves and he's yeah. foiling and he's continuing to innovate. And he, he's in a very unusual person this way. And his sport is part of his lifestyle, but also you're talking about a person that's output and performance and the level of performance for how long he's been doing it. And also that he starts new disciplines. It's like, Oh, I'm prone surfing. You also realize that Laird has a place in his sport for all time. However, if I take a 13 year old kid, even if Laird is badass, ultimately yeah. they're like, yeah, that's cool. But they want their own hero. Right. And that's just how life is. So you could, I mean, Meryl Streep is genius, but at some point the 20 year olds want a female hero that is 25 and 100%. that it's their hero. So it's understanding doing it in a, for yourself, because no matter how great you are, it's not sustainable. If you're the CEO, right? At some point you're going to be outdated and they're going to need somebody who oh. understands the new marketplace or whatever. So I, I think when you have that clear in clear in your mind, you're not like, you know, Madonna isn't going to yeah. like Ariana Grande. It's like, it's never, it's like, you, that's just how it is. It's your moment in life. It's just interesting. The two sports that you guys have excelled in, I could be wrong. I perceive surfing as lonely. Am I wrong? It's like you well, and the elements. Yeah, but see, he, he does big wave surfing. And so the reality is you, you go with guys because you have to be safe. You have yeah. to have someone watching you on a jet ski. There's a lot of actually deep camaraderie. And in fact, interesting. let's say they're doing um, prone paddling, long or short boarding, and they're by themselves and they paddle out and they're solo. Ultimately, they're in communion with nature. So I think it's maybe the opposite in that they are in this environment uh, from what I, what right. I have seen. So I, I, I can't claim to know um, a huge amount about volleyball. I did some obviously <laughs> research before this. Fair so enough. <laughs> so here's my question. And I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've ever been asked this before. You obviously have God given talents and you obviously have used your athletic prowess in a very special way. Mm -hmm. Do you ever say to yourself, you know, Imagine if I excelled to the zenith of my particular discipline, but as in track and field or something where the world, you know, I could have more prominence, more accolades, mm -hmm. because you're obviously, uh, you know, you're obviously a talented athlete, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm, if I'm misspeaking, no, educate me. I'm not sensitive. Don't worry. Okay. Cause I, cause I don't know how big, how big is volleyball on the world stage? In the Olympics, once every four years, it gets attention. Yeah, it, listen, it. it's, a, it's a niche lifestyle sport. However, okay, so here's, a, here's food for thought. I have, I've also been around long enough to see cycles of this mm -hmm. so that it really made itself known. It's really hard if you go from the really, I think, um, white, hot, hot light yep. to... Um, you know, just bright light. 
And I think as a human being, there's a part of me. And of course, if I had been a tennis player and really good and, and gotten a lot of notarization, I would have dealt with it. Yep. But the point is, is that I think that in a way we get let off the hook a little bit when we never even have like Serena Williams, what she has to go through and That's deal heavy. with. Yeah, it's it's a really different thing. And they're built like she might be built for it. She mm -hmm. might be like, no, this is how uh, this is my jam. So I totally honor it for someone like me. I think, again, um, it's an easier transition. You know, I, I got a lot, I got a lot more tension, you know, in the nineties and two thousands and, um, and I'm totally okay with that. So check this out, Gabby. I, I represented a, a number of people, as I told you, um, Manny Pacquiao for a few years and a few other people. And I saw nobody was helping these athletes make a seamless transition from the court, the field, the beach, to the, so I started a company called LAST, Life After Sport Transition. This piece that you're just talking about, bright lights, you know, and suddenly it's an existential crisis. So what we did was we we replaced the sports coach with a bit of a life coach. And the, you can't take a person from the accolades and screaming fans to, would you like a salad with that? So it sounds like it wasn't so jolting for you. Well, no. And, and again, coming from this very small sport, I could easily go through a day where I run into three people who knew exactly who I was and seven people who had no clue who I was. So yeah. I always, I always was doing that. And then I married to an athlete who goes through the same thing where if someone's into surfing, Laird is really important to them. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you see that and then you go, and again, I'm going to go back to being from an Island where like I live in Hawaii, uh, part-time, you know, half the year for the last 25 years, the people in Hawaii don't care. Yeah. That's what they I've don't been told. care if, you know, LeBron James or Michael Jordan or, you know, Ronaldo, like they're just like, Hey, what's up? So I was yeah. raised with that same mentality because my feeling is if you get to do those jobs and people pay you that much attention and, mm -hmm. and you get, you know, that kind of financial freedoms, um, lucky you. Yeah. And, sure. and yes, you, I appreciate the talent and the dedication, but I know tons and tons of people that do the same thing in their everyday life and they're just living a normal life. So yeah. why would that make one person sort of more important than, than another? So I think for me, I've, I've always had that perspective and, and, you know, and Laird says in Hawaii, they care not who you are, but how you are. That's very cool. Say that again. They don't care who you are. They care Very how nice. you are. Yeah. And, the, and cool. it's true. Like it is so true. And, and that feels really comfortable to me. Yeah. And I, I get that from you. I, so here's uh, just knowing the audience and what they get, the catalyst was to the show and trying to empower people with tools to navigate through life successfully. Here's a question that I, I always ask people like yourself is even if it was a niche, niche sport, you've, uh, you were outstanding at it. Can you look at your experience as a leading a volleyball athlete and take from it some lessons for life life lessons that you learned from being a leading volleyball i mean i've got to believe if i gave you a ted talk and that was a topic you could pull out some pearls of wisdom well yeah just even entrepreneur right we've we've we have met we've started many businesses some have failed we in fact took a company public this year like we it, it's been all over the map 
once you realize that losing or getting your ass kicked or not going exactly the mm -hmm. way you planned is part of winning when it's, it's all, it's like bad days is part of happiness and good days. Once you really get that in your mind, Oh, this it's called the process. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is all part of the process. And the important thing was always, okay, what do I need to learn? And mm -hmm. then behind that, it can't just be an emotional thing. Like I have to be better. That doesn't right. mean anything. What's the strategy to be better? What's the plan in place? What's the practice that needs to happen for that? So for me, it's always about learning, getting the lessons and then putting in play a real system. Cause words are words, right? You know, like, you know, I want that. I want to, I'm going to make this. It's like, you know, how many people have ideas. Everybody has ideas. Nobody knows how to execute. Right. Nobody knows how to finish. And also sometimes, you know, when you're an athlete, you kind of know what you're pretty good at and you sort of are really aware of what you're not good at mm -hmm. and it makes you less afraid. So of like, Hey, I'm not really good at that. I have right. to keep practicing and I have to keep taking a look at it. And it's the same in life and business where, when you're, when you sort of go, I have this skill set, and I'm going to work with you and you do that way better than me. So I'm not going to try to do amazing everything. I think there was a lot of things and, and then, and learning, learning from, a, from somebody. So I have coaches who would say, listen, I've got 20 years of this condensed for you in a few sentences. <laughs> do you want to take it? And so when there's people who say, well, can I tell you what I think if I trust them and we have that sure. and we're not, you're not going to be great every day. No, for sure. How would you feel Gabby? If one of your kids, how, how your kids are how old? Give me the, the range of like your kid's age. I, my husband came with a four month old who's now my, my Laird came with a four month old daughter. Who's almost 26. Now I, saw that. I have, then we have uh, 17 and 13. So if any of your kids came to you and said, mom, I want to be a professional athlete. I look at you. I look at, you know, I look at the house that I grew up with. How would you respond to that? Any way that your father and I can support you. Um, we will. And, um, if it's important, to you and you put in the work and time, we will support you on the other side. I have a daughter in one of them who has come game of tennis and has decided she really likes and wants to play tennis. But um, we have never made sports um, something that our kids had to do. And sometimes I kick myself in the pants because my kids are very athletic. I'm um, like my 13, my 13 year old is like crazy. And I'm like, why didn't I push her more? <laughs> but you know, she, the youngest one is like, I don't want to be like you guys. And the middle is sort of having a self-discovery. But again, this goes back to I'm their mom. Right. And I, I'm trying to nurture them and love them and be an example for them as a human being. And sure. if they want to play sports or not, it, it's like, it's sort of there, you know, like at some point, athletics was my way out, was my tool, was my thing. But if it's going to be school, accounting, it's like, it's just, you know, what's the way yourself. And I don't want to dictate that to my kids. Cause like, if you look at Andre Agassi, if you were his coach and he won the U open, you'd be like, success. But if you were his dad and you read the book and it was like, I hated every minute of it. Yeah. And, and it's not about me showing my friends. Like, do you see my kids? Like they're so-and-so is going to go to Stanford to play tennis. I don't care. No, it's, it's, it's very clear to me that you're comfortable in your skin and you, and you don't need the vicarious uh, identity. But you said something which 
maybe I'm overanalyzing. You said it was your, your, your whatever volleyball is your way out. Meaning, did you mean by that that given um, the fact that you were thrown a few curveballs during your formative years, um, there was an expression of way to alleviate stress. It was a it was a way for you to find your own identity. What is what, what do you mean by that? No, volleyball was a way to have a family, was a place to be accepted. There was a, you know, you, I had someone say to me once, uh, oh, do you play volleyball or basketball? And I was like, volleyball. Oh, that's why you're 6'3". Sure. That's why I'm 6'3". <laughs> um, you know, it sort of gave me a tribe at a time I needed it. It gave me um, a, a guide in my college coach. And it also provided opportunity. I wouldn't have been able to afford to go to university had I not played volleyball. So I think it's on a lo- lot of levels. You know, what I, what I come to realize is it doesn't have to work, yep. but it has to be a place where you get to know yourself. The, oh, that's why I love the hard work and the grind because it's honest. When I say way out, it was like, it led me to a lot of really important, great things in my life. What's interesting though, it sounds, and part of the work that I've done with a lot of athletes is to make sure that their entire identity is not synonymous with their relayka. Well, at some point you're going to hang that jersey up. Yes. So let me turn yes. it around, Gabby, because I know that this is what listeners would be uh, interested in. How now that you just turned 27, how have, are you? Are you taking your platform, your profile? You use the word not, uh, notoriety, and how can, how do you want to give back and how do you want to, uh, you know, touch the hearts and souls of people post your athletic world? Because some, I find some professionally live in this right. nostalgia and they can never let go. And they keep talking oh. about that dunk 17 years later. Yeah. Um, my husband has a Navy seal that said, you know, never, um, let your memories be greater than your dreams. Right. And, Yesterday is done. It's all done. So, so I think for me, first of all, I want to address the identity because we all are looking for it when we're young. Sure. I think I know it's important. Like you get this identity, yeah. but then the importance of releasing it. It's like, no, I'm, uh, you know, like I'm Gabby. And one of the things I have done is I was a volleyball player. I'm not a volleyball player. Right. And healthy. I think it's important for all people to be like, Oh, I used to run that company and now I do this. Right. Right. And I tell athletes that all the time. I say, listen, you're, you're, and I don't mean this in a violent way. You're a loaded gun, like athletes that get injured, let's say, and they can't play anymore. What's your next target? Because you're the loaded gun, right? Like you can take all that ability to figure things out and go, okay, what am I doing next? And don't just be like, oh no, I can't do anything. So for me, what I'd like to do now, and you know, we've moved into the, so I call it self-care space because if you call it health and fitness, it's only about moving and eating. And what you realize uh, you know, I'm 51 years old. I've been in this space for more than 30 years. Um, self-care is about your mental care, your spiritual care and growth. And for yes, sure. moving better is, is better and eating and getting to bed and all these things that are important. So Laird and I have been, that has been an extension of our business kind of organically. Um, with mm-hmm. You know, we have a business XPT and I think it's more about showing up consistently if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And that's, that's just more about my, me and my practice. And so that at least maybe people look over and they go, oh, wow, Gabby's like still holding a line because so I'm trying to do that for myself. I think it's, am I wrong? But I see with athletes is a tremendous discipline 
there's a, a discipline of showing up, of being consistent. And I have kids who are millennials, and I look around and I, and I some, I, I'm not not my kids, thank God, but I, I see a lot of these youngsters waiting for life to happen to them. You know, yeah. it's, it's a contact sport. It's, so, well, I think the problem is, is if you're receiving everything through your phone, you don't realize what it to tell, how do you get the real story going in real life? And it's, it's not a criticism of anyone. It was just probably easier when I was coming up because that's just how you, how you did it. So yeah. I think if I, if I can be somebody that um, seems to be showing up, that seems to be consistent, that maybe reminds people not to overly define themselves because they're a woman or yep. because they were an athlete or because they're getting older, but, um, but also to stay open-minded, to keep growing and maybe to say, Hey, 10 years ago, I thought this, and I, I, mm -hmm. I'm realizing maybe that's not right. Maybe it's, it's this, you know, but you know, when I said that comment, Gabby, about you can be a role model, maybe let me clarify that. I see a person like you, at least from where I said, it's so important that someone youngsters can look at you and say, you've got a healthy relationship with your significant other. That we, you know, the whole con, the whole family unit has been bust in half, and these kids are completely, completely confused. That's what concerns me is that, that and um, and the way you said also, it's 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 not really about who wins the race, it's about how you know how the game is played. It's about a certain sense of ethics and integrity and being, and character. This, those values, you know, are not are, are not sacrosanct. When you and I went through the, you know, this. this sort of point chapters in our lives. I think they were important. I'm concerned about this generation because it's, you know. It's well, I had, an, I had a thought about it actually recently because I, I think about it quite a bit. Um, the other thing, but I'll, and I'll get into it, is to be an adult, show up as an adult, to be an example of like, yep. even to, especially to my kids, right? Not to manipulate them. I don't do one thing and ask mm -hmm. for Laird had something happen recently and somebody said to him, Oh, you had your jet ski out in the Bay or something. Now Laird is one of the most safe and accomplished people in the ocean. Okay. And Laird looked at me and he said, even I have to follow the rules. Right. So my point is, is that you're showing up as an adult. You say, sorry, when you're wrong, all these things. But the other, the other thought I had, and I, I don't know, is I thought maybe we're living in a new world and the next group coming up is the new person like, because I've hammered down a lot about social media and the lack of interaction yeah. and, you know, boys don't lift, carry, carry. I had a kid the other day who his suitcase and I was like, Hey, there's another suitcase. And he goes, that's hers. That was his girlfriend's. And I was like, are you like, what? Like grab her suitcase. You know what I mean? Like. We're so, I'm so with you in this one, Gabby. And, and my daughter, my 13 year old, and I got into it. She's like, why is that a big deal? I go, why wouldn't he just naturally take it? You know, like if I have the opportunity to do something nice for Laird, why wouldn't I do that? Right. Like the power of giving, not the power of like you do it. Right. So yep. anyway, mm -hmm. I was like, but then I, th I stopped myself because I've really gotten into like, you've got to suspend your, you've got to observe and pay attention. You can't just lock down on some ideas because I don't, maybe I don't know. And I thought to myself, wow, maybe this is the new group that's going to have to deal with the new world. I don't know. Yeah, I think on the one hand, it's amazing that uh, you don't want to impose, right? On the other hand, at least where I come from, I think it's, I think it's unhealthy 
for parents to pretend that their kids are their friends. Because I think that kids are looking for leadership. They're yeah. looking for direction. They're looking for um, a authority figure, even on some level, if they're rebelling. When I see parents, with, you know, high-fiving their teenager and they think it's cool, it's a tr- they are sending such a mixed message to these kids. And I see, I, I see afterwards a level of dysfunctionality because they're trying to figure out, you know, one second, this is my mother. This is my role model. This is, in some level, you know, these are values that I'm going to clone. And now she's, she's my buddy and she's in the jacuzzi having a joint with me. What's going on here? I always tell my girls, I'm, I'm my friend. I am your mom. Like I have this job to do right now. And, and granted as they, maybe they get a lot older, but see, it still goes back to, I need to be living in a way that I can always be tra- as transparent where it's appropriate. You know, there's certain things maybe with like in my relationship with their dad or like business mm-hmm. things that it's like, they don't need, they don't need to know it, but to, that somehow I'm living in a way that I can be transparent with them, yeah. but not, I'm not looking for their approval. Um, and I'm not looking, I'm not making decisions based on they're going to like me more. Yeah. You seem to be you're very, centered, healthy person. And I think that, 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 and I'm not just saying it's Gabby. And that's why I think that a person like you um, can definitely be a role model. Cause I don't think that you're going to go around trying to be cool to be liked, which, <laughs> which is, which is why, cause I come from the world where I, I've been around so many people that have done very well in the sports world or very well. And they, they, they land up either being, one-dimensional people because their entire life they're trying to placate people and they're trying to be liked and they never build the internal world. So I think, it, which which really pivots what the question is that I wanted to get a sense from the, the sort of the, the Gabby Reese show at the beginning of the year. Yeah. What, what kind of guests are you looking for? A, B, what do you want to achieve? And C, how can I help you? How's well, that for thank, a loaded question? You. Thank you. No, I think, you know, it's very simple. I think when I said I I don't have answers, but I have a lot of questions, I wanted to use the platform to ask all those questions. So I have, I go from neuroscientists to, you know, trainers to ex Navy SEAL people, you know, guys who are talking about the difference between attributes and skills. And all I'm trying to do is in a very layman's way, So let's say even I know the science on some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. How do I, how do we have the conversation in a layman's way that's actionable, but that also is still always framed up like this is all an exploration. If I, if I talk to you about 10 things and five really land for you, awesome. Mm -hmm. It's not about me telling you how to do it. I'm willing to show my own vulnerability and share my own experiences but I feel like the more you can have these round com- table conversations and you can say, wow, I went through this and it was really hard. And this tool really helped me in this scenario. And just having people who are really good at what they do yep. and share that, but also how are they using the tools in their own life? Because mm-hmm. it's cool that they're experts and they know everything, but I'm like, great. So you have all these answers. Where are you tripping up in your own life? Yeah. Because we shouldn't be ashamed, embarrassed, or afraid to say it's hard. And I Mm -hmm. feel like some days I don't know what I'm doing most days. Totally with you there. You know, and just, and just keep it form open, but have this high level content that is from 
really experienced high level people, but brought down into still in this human way. And that's, that's what I'm hoping to do. Um, I think the other thing I provide is I do have children. I have been in a 25 year relationship and it's not that that's a bonus. It's just that I can speak to that. I can speak to being, being in work. I can speak to really, uh, training at a very high level to this, like, like I did it this morning. So I, I like all these pockets. Um, and it, and it's, so it's, it's just referencing that and also saying like, well, in the beginning of my marriage, it was like this for me. And this is what I was, you know, worked for me and, um, and just keeping the dialogue open. So before you, I want you to get in the question, how I can, how I can help you. Cause I, I'm, I grew up in a world and I'm serious, Gary, I grew up where I always try, I guess I had an amazing upbringing and very loving parents. I always grew up with the notion of make your relationship capital deposits. You don't yeah. get them back with it. Comes, um, so we'll talk about how I can help you. And I, I'm, I'm very sincere about that. But I, I can tell you, I think I mentioned in the beginning that I remember being trained in public speaking and the most, the most important thing is authenticity and sincerity. People pick that up. And I think that the fact that this is just probably just comes to you naturally, the fact that you prepare to talk about vulnerability and that resonates with people. There's no bionic person out there that hasn't screwed up. Right. And, and, and doesn't continue to, but I think, you know, it's interesting. I had this thought about parenting in the last few years. It finally dawned on me. Oh yeah, you're not supposed to get it right. You know, I'm so used to like winning and that's a win column and a loss column or like that's a million dollars or no dollars. Like it's all very clear, you know, and cause there's a part of me that's very rigid. Like yeah. I try every day, right? Like this sort of like balanced person that you're talking about also has to fight a rigidity because it was a survival and it's a natural together. Yeah. Um, is like, oh yeah, parenting, because I'll give you an example. Um, we do a lot of training at, at our house in Malibu. Right. And sometimes we have, rather than leaving or doing our work away from our house, we made our house a place that it was like work and the kids, whatever. Well then that's my beautiful. kids and oh, so you, I, that's what I thought. Like we could be around, we'd be near the kids, so. whatever. My point is, is it's like, you know, there's always people here and like, you know, they're bitching <laughs> about that. So I guess my point is if we had to leave all the time to work, they'd be like, you guys were always gone. So there it is. It's like, this is my path. And that those complaints are a reflection of the dynamic I'm in. And I'm just going to have to deal with that. And it's like, it's super uncomfortable, but it's the kids jobs to go. You gave me this. I needed that a little bit. Like, I think it's just part and parcel. So it's, it's such a curious and um, wonderful and, yep. you know, ass kicking journey for all of us, whether we choose to have a family or not, it's like, we still have to go through life and right. deal with ourselves and our, our wants and our dreams and, and, um, and all the lessons. So I'm, I'm going to make it easier for you. I'm going to go, cause I keep coming back to this question. I have some okay. ideas. I have some ideas how I can help you. So, but, I, but I'll, I'll tell you how you can help me. I'm going to do okay. a show with a former NBA person, a former NFL person. I know these people very well. I'd love, I'd love you to be on the show and there's someone who, and really I'd like the topic to be what we just discussed. Identity post. Mm. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm friendly with a lot of people who the person, the NBA, uh, NBA, all, uh, you know, 
or, or Hall of Famer, whatever. And a lot of people grapple yeah. with this. I haven't seen a too lot. much. So, I want, I want to, so I'd like you to be on one of those shows. We'll figure out when Great. we can do that. Great. Um, where I think I can help you, and I'm going to throw this out there while I know we're recording, <clears throat> is that I do a lot, we do, I'm involved in a lot of retreats where retreats and workshops where people, there's a lot of people, I think as a result of the pandemic that, that are really searching, that are not only pivoting in terms of career, they're pivoting in terms of their life. And the concept of, of, of living a wholesome, purposeful, meaningful life. I think it's balance. It's not only the food, it's, there's a mental health part, there's a spiritual part. So I think that you can play an important role there. It's everything from talking about your company, fireside chats, you can talk about, because I think you're a very sincere, genuine person. And I don't think that you are, um, you know, looking for trying to recreate the, the spotlight that you had, you know. Um, so that's, I think would be a cool exposure for you because it's, these are, there's some interesting folks there. Um, so that's one thing. And then I'm just interested in the food stuff. Mm. What would be your niche? What's your, what's your differentiator there? What's your. In food. Yeah. Oh, there, there, listen, everybody that slaps a label on it, paleo, keto, uh, you know, um, there, there's really no secret to it. If I can be, I've been, like I said, I've done this long enough. Yeah. Everything's about adaptability, right? There's mm-hmm. a great guy named Mark Sisson. You've probably heard of him. He created the primal kitchen and he'll get into what he gets down to. And I love Mark. Yeah. Metabolic flexibility. We're mm-hmm. meant like Laird always talks about it. If you think about it, if we lived, you know, 500 years, a thousand years ago, you wouldn't have been able to bonk. Mm-hmm. It would have been, it would have, you, it's not part of evolution. So in a way, learning to be adaptable, but of obviously getting informed enough to know what's real. The problem mm-hmm. is essentially like if you're not overeating, obviously we, we've had many conversations uh, like to nauseam about processed foods, but now you've got to pair people in and go, okay, you're trying to, you're now trying to do the right things, but you don't realize that every salad dressing and every chip has yeah. either safflower, sunflower, canola, or vegetable oil in it. And these are the things that slowly over time and accumulation yep. will work against your goals. Yep. Right. So it's, it's just such basic fundamental things about getting your blood work done, knowing who you are mm-hmm. and then working from there and being realistic. If they need to write things down because that keeps them accountable, we need diversity in mm-hmm. food. Um, if you're going to eat vegan, then get informed so you can eat it in a way that supports your system, you know, in a complete way. Um, yeah. I, I, I would never, um, try to, uh, put myself in a niche. I just have done it in a way and seen it that it's like, well, how do we make it practical and realistic and give people the real things to look out for? But I believe something else. I believe from what I have seen, if we are doing kind of the right things 80% of the time in our food and we're moving enough, Mm -hmm. walking is, is highly um, underrated by the way. Um, If we're doing enough of things, we're not losing weight going on in our system, our hormones. So get your blood work done, or we've got something that we're holding on to. We have some kind of pain and some kind of trauma that it's stuck inside in the tissue and no trainer and no nutritionist is going to help you. It's like, go get the help, let it, let it go. And because I see that actually more times than not, if you looked at the practice, the daily practice, you'd say, 
okay, there's word. something else going on. That's very wise words. So I, I'm going to be respectful of your time. Here's my final question, and it's going to be, I know, the, I guess the prime audience are millennials. So there's okay. going to, there's a, Lisa Katz is listening as, as we speak and here's what she's and here's what she's thinking and i'm and i want you to unpack this okay this this she she's thinking gabby and i hope i mean this is i'm building a little bit of a house of cards here great i want to um i want to be famous i want i want i want to i want all these people to know me i'll tell you why gabby because i got all these likes and i'll tell you what then i then um i'll have all these guys trying to hit on me and and then i'll, I'll and then some hollywood producer is going to call me and then how can i be famous that's how that's mm. how whacked there's a big cohort to the and 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 she's just, she's not a how what's your response you're a little bit further down the road you're a mother you've seen how would you try and in a nice way um i maybe burst her bubble but give her some <laughs> life advice so that you know, she doesn't burn through the next 10 years uh, looking for, yeah. I, I think something that's very superficial and that she'll end up being very hurt. And Okay. So I, first of all, I believe in dreaming. Likewise. Dreaming. Like I believe like if there are people who are natural performers, right. And they dream like, I, so am, I, I'm a dreamer in a very practical way, but I am such a dreamer. Yeah. So I, I say to, I, I always encourage people, about your experience and your want, not what you can do for the outside world to you, right? Because right. being famous and then people thinking you're sexy and appealing yeah. is a biological drive right. that's gone askew. Yeah. That's all it is, right? Like yeah. the need for a partner and attracting a partner is like been amplified and now it's, it's something that's really natural, but you got to understand it and it's askew. Because it right. would have been in a village with 100 people, not on Instagram with yeah. you know, 700 million. Okay. The other is... Develop a skill. Beautiful. And, and the thing is, is I, and I'm not, and I, I don't care. I'm a woman. I can say this. And especially if you're a woman, develop a skill. When you come to the table, if you're beautiful, great. If people want to have sex with you, that's great. Those will be your choices. Develop a skill so that your power can't be taken away from you when you turn 35. Beautiful. That's because great. you're, your life's experience will make you valuable, but develop a skill. And, and I tell my daughters that there's always going to be somebody who says, Oh, I don't like the way Gabby looks. Oh, I yeah. think Gabby's pretty. Okay. That's got nothing to do with you. But if I go up, if I, when the days when I was good at volleyball and I hit the ball and it touched the ground, there's no conversation about that. That's right. my skill. Um, but having said that, keep growing your skills. Don't be a one trick pony, be at one point in your life and say, cool, I'm here now. I've done this. And what would I like to add to this skill? So my story continues. So when I am 55, I'm not losing my mind that I'm mm. not important anymore or that I'm not relevant. Um, and so I also would encourage this person demand from life to, to interest you and excite you, not how you can serve the outside world. That's, so here, here's the, the, the take-homes, which I think are so important. And with this, we can wrap up. And there's number one, it's a, build your internal life. Build uh, things that have longevity, that'll stand the test of time. And the externalities are, we all get old. And, you know, if, if it's all based on the shell, it's going to be a hollow victory. And I think that you're also talking about character, and, and uh, which 
I think stands out, which I think this generation really needs to hear because I think, unfortunately, I think there's too, there's too much out there, Gabby, that I, at least from where I said, it's a mile wide, but it's a half inch thick. Oh, and it's, and listen, when they all, when they all turn 40 and 45, it's going to be an ass kicker if they don't go, um, I've been working really hard at this and I yeah. can do that. And by the way, I have this stuff that really excites me, not what do you think about me? Yep. Because it's just in the long run, it doesn't work. And I, I feel like the richness and the satisfying, the satisfying moments comes from these subtleties and from these other things that maybe they're not shiny or sexy. And, and that is to be still enough to, to kind of take those in. You know, I think that's the other thing is like, in certain ways, what really makes us feel good is so simple. Mm -hmm. And we think it's out there and we think it's in monumental moments. I've had monumental moments. Let me mm -hmm. tell you, there's been nothing better than having breaking bread with people that I really dig and exchange things and ideas and laugh and I feel loved and I feel seen. I've had monumental monument moments. They come and they go, yeah, they're cool. But the thing that's rich that's in yep. there, that's it. Gabby, you're terrific. I think you're very sincere. You're very authentic. Um, we will, I know we've got, uh, I've got something coming up. What I'll do is we'll, we'll figure out a way that we can connect offline on. I've got some ideas that I think, you know, we can invite you to a bunch of things that I think you'll enjoy. I mean, no well, pressure. No, I really appreciate that. And I just think it's important for people to remember that they're so individually themselves, mm -hmm. even though we're all similar and that your contribution is your uniqueness. So don't mimic people, try to figure out what, how you want to contribute to the world, who you are and develop that. And it's all going to work out. Beautiful. Gabby, you're terrific. Um, and a lot more than just an outstanding volleyball player, person with a real dimensions. And I think that's true. I already mean what I say. I think you'd be a fantastic role model. And I have some thoughts. We'll be in touch. I appreciate okay. your time. Aloha. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. Aloha. Thanks. Aloha. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao.